This is Brain Diet, episode 202, How to Organize Your Mind. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today's topic is how to organize your mind. The reason that organization is top of mind for me is if you have been listening to previous episodes of the podcast, I have alluded to and spoken more in depth on some episodes how I've been organizing my home with much more deliberation and much more strategy over the last year plus. Whereas my previous strategy to keeping a tidy home was just kind of cleaning and decluttering, which I was pretty good at. But I realized that when I would declutter a space, it would just re-clutter later. And so what that led me to do was change my strategy for how I approached organization and how I approached tidiness and cleanliness, if you will. And so what that has meant is not just decluttering and not just organizing things, but creating a system. Having a system in my home for how every space operates and for how every item operates. And I think this is what they talk about on the home edit. Have you ever watched that show on Netflix? And I think I've even mentioned it before on the show, on the podcast here, where they talk about having systems in place. And the more organizing people that I have followed on TikTok or on Instagram, it seems like this is a pretty common theme. They just call it something different, but essentially having some type of system for every area, for every item. And the home edit is such a feel-good show. I'm all about feel-good shows. I love shows without conflict. That's why I am just a cooking show fanatic. I can watch cooking shows and competition shows are fun. You know, I love to watch cooking comps, but just where chefs are like baking for me that I can just watch, it just feels good. And it is such a happy place for my brain. And that is what the home edit is, is it is just such a fun happy show to watch and feel good for my mind when I need a little bit of a of a break from other more demanding stimulation in my life. <laughs> but essentially, I'll give you an example of something in my house that I would declutter and organize and then it would just re-clutter again. And it was my spices. It was my spice cabinet where I would go through and I would organize them. Maybe I'd put them in alphabetical order and I would take out expired spices. And it was great for a minute, but then I would replenish supplies and then it would be a different bottle or a different brand. And so then it would just get tossed in and I'm using spices all of the time. And so maybe I wasn't deliberate with where I put it or it just would get disorganized again. And then my little spice cabinet would just not be a mess, but it was just hard to navigate. It was hard to find things. And so I really had to be deliberate with creating a system for that cabinet. And so what it meant was having a specific organizer with levels, you could see the spices, and then having uniform bottles that I bought. So I just bought neutral, um, empty spice bottles. And then whenever I would replenish a spice, if I was out of it, I would just put it into this pre-labeled uniform bottle. And so now 
it's so beautiful and it never changes because it has all of the spices organized in uniform bottles and they are leveled so I can see where they are. And it's something that never gets cluttered again because of this system. I have a system for when I get new spices and when I run out of spices or when they expire or whatever it is. And that has been, that's a small example of things that I've done in my house that have been really helpful for maintaining a space in a way that feels good and that isn't too much work or too much of a mental weight. And so I've been doing this for each area of my house and I still have some areas, my garage being one of them, that I really need to figure out the right system. But in due time, I'm in no rush. I'm not in any type of hurry to get this all done. I just know as soon as I do it, it'll be done forever. So there's no rush, right? And I know that I have an area well-managed when the system is consistently in use and when it doesn't overflow again. I did this with all of our gift wrapping supplies where I created a system. I got this cool thing that I can hang on the wall so it doesn't take up shelf space. And if I get low on bags or wrapping paper, it's very obvious. I replenish and it doesn't accumulate. It doesn't increase in space or in size. It is just a system that now for the last year, we've now had a Christmas with it and everyone's had a birthday. It hasn't changed. It's just been replenished when it's gotten low and it's stayed in such a beautiful system and it's just such a happy thing for my brain. But this whole process that I've been doing in my house that has been really enjoyable, it's required that I examine everything, every single thing that comes into my house. And with kids, that is a lot of added things, whether it's just things from friend's house, from grandma's house, from school, it, it just things are coming into my home. And I think everybody's like this. Things are, are coming into the home pretty often. But with my kids, we just have lots of things coming in. And so because of that, I am constantly having to assess what's coming into my home and apply a system to it. And it can be really overwhelming when there's stuff and I'm not sure where to put it. And it can act as a weight on my brain because I'll see something and I'll just think, I'm going to have to make space for that somehow. And so then I kind of put it off because I don't want to find a space. I don't want to have to put in extra work to find a space for something. And that is what can lead to the accumulation of clutter in my home because I don't want to put in the effort, the extra effort to have to make it fit somewhere. It's extra effort to do so. And so I have created systems for almost everything in my home. And that means every single item in the mail goes through a system. It There is a home for every type of mail. There is a, a process that we go through for when we bring it into the house. And so I don't have to just leave it on the counter and think, when am I going to look at that? When am I going to go through it? Am I going to throw this away? It's like everything that comes in in the mail has a place and we are aware of those places. And so it's not something we have to think extra or put in extra work to organize. That's true for every grocery item. Everything that comes into the home from the grocery store, we have a process, a place, a very clear system for what we do with each item. This is true with every clothing item. Even for my kids, we have a very clear spot for everything that they own. And if they get something new, we generally abide by the one in one out rule unless, you know, they, because they're growing so quickly, sometimes they just need more, <clears throat> excuse me, more things. And, but this is true for every toy. Every toy in our home has a home. And so it's not just that they're shoved into a corner. We have everything organized into categories 
And if we run out of space, then we begin to donate things. We don't just push it into the corner and hope that we have enough space for it. We have so much space allotted, and if it overflows, then we donate. We don't let the space grow and expand necessarily. This is also true for my digital space. Every picture on my phone has a home, has a place, has an album, is organized. Every document on my computer, when I create it, whether it's in Google Docs or something that's you know on my hard drive on my computer, it has a home. So every time I create something, I put it in the home that it goes. So then even digitally, my space isn't just overflowing with things that then is a pain to have to go through and find things. There's a process and a system for all of these things. Now, our physical space has an influence on our brain. So it has been important to me to spend time crafting spaces that make me feel good. Like I said, when you have something and you don't know where it goes, you're not sure what to do with it. It takes mental energy to assess, to decide, to even exert physical energy to then implement whatever you've decided to do with it, where you've decided to put it. And even if it's minimal amounts of energy, it is still extra energy. And sometimes that energy can accumulate over the course of a day and can be really exhausting where you feel like you're just constantly deciding where to put things, trying to clean things up in a way that you feel like there isn't quite a clear solution for. And so it's been really important to clear my brain of that weight of clutter and having to decide where things can go because I want that mental energy spent on other things. Now, just as we have a physical space that can put demands onto our mind, we have a mental space that can also put demands on our mind. Sometimes things come into our mental space and it can feel like it's a weight. It can feel like we can't find a place for it. We're not really sure what to do with it. And so those thoughts, those ideas, those emotions can accumulate. And because we don't have a system to put them through to clearly know what we want to do with them, they can accumulate and create clutter in our brain mentally. Have you ever felt like your brain is cluttered? Maybe that's just me, but sometimes I just feel like I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of emotions and it can get really overwhelming and it just feels like a cluttered brain. (laughs) And luckily, I have learned systems to really prevent this from ever getting too far. Now still, just like with my kids, there is always stuff coming in. And sometimes it's not stuff that I necessarily want, but I am a human, I'm living a human life. And so because of that, I have implemented systems so that no matter what, comes into my mind, just like no matter what comes into my home, we have a very clear system for what to do with it. And so just as we might develop systems to make and keep our spaces organized in a home, we can do the same thing with our brains. And that is what I want to talk to you a little bit about today is how it is incredibly important that we have mental systems to assess our life with, to prevent mental clutter so that we can give ourselves a little bit of a break. And When we do that, it is a gift. It's a way to manage our life just like we might manage a home. And that can create much more empowerment around your mental and emotional life so that you don't feel so overwhelmed by a cluttered brain. And this, what I'm going to talk to you about today is what I teach my clients. It is what I use myself every day. And it has been what this entire podcast from day one has been based on because it has been so effective as a system to use for a mental space that needs some organization and some upkeep. 
So just as I'm examining everything that comes into my house, I use this system to examine everything that happens in my mind. And I use the system to make it organized and to keep it organized and also to keep it supervised. Now this system is called the self-coaching model. It was originally invented isn't the word. It was it was an idea created by Brooke Castillo. If you've ever listened to the Life Coach School podcast, this is what she has titled the self-coaching model. And it's essentially been used in a lot of different ways and organized in a lot of different ways. But it's a principle that has been as old as time and has talked about a great deal in self-help. I just have found that the way that this self-coaching model is organized is what makes the most sense to me. It is what is most concrete and most easy for me to implement because I've read a lot of self-help that has the same principles and yet it hasn't been quite as concrete for me to apply. It's one of those things that it's like I read some of these books and it feels good to read them and I feel inspired and then I don't feel like it's, it's applicable that I could sit down and very clearly know how to use it and not just use it one time but how to adopt it as a regular system that I have in my mind every single day. And there are a lot of different ways to use this system, but I like to think of it as my system. Some people like to use it for a lot of different reasons, but when I implement it as an organizing symptom, it system, excuse me, it just helps me make sense of my life, make sense of the world, and not that I can completely do that myself, but it just helps me feel like I'm empowered around my own brain. So everything that comes into my brain, it goes through this system. It's examined and placed before I allow it just to kind of hang out and sit in a corner and then accumulate. So the self-coaching model is made up of five different parts. Now, if you are an avid listener of the podcast, I'm grateful for you, number one. And number two, I allude to this often and I don't go in depth into this system as often, but it is constantly the basis for everything that I teach. So the five parts of the self-coaching model, anything that comes into your brain can be organized into one of these five parts. And it is circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. So what that means is everything around me, all of the people, the information, the conversations, what my body looks like, what I weigh, all of that goes into the circumstance category. So when I am witnessing the world, when I am looking at the world, when I'm hearing things, when I am witnessing my body, when I'm witnessing anything, that is just information. And that goes into the circumstance category. And so when I can separate that a little bit and see it as just information, it helps me again, maintain some empowerment around my own emotional experience. Now I get information from the world and before I let myself mentally take that information and snowball it into something else. I neutralize that as just information. When I get a negative comment on Instagram, when I get, you know, some news from my doctor, when I see myself in the mirror, all of that is neutral information. It's not emotional. It's not highly charged. It's just info. Now, sometimes I want to have a negative response to certain information, but when I can neutralize everything that's happening in front of me, it makes it easier for me to, again, maintain some power and not get so overwhelmed by whatever it is that I'm presented with. So then after we have our circumstances, then I put my interpretations of all of that information into the T-line, the thought line. Now, I need 
the circumstance line. I need a specific circumstance in order to identify which thought is attached to it. And this is why this type of system, I believe, is superior to affirmations because there's more specificity to you as an individual and to your life because you can take something specifically that is unique to you that might be troubling and you can separate out the information of it versus your interpretation of it because information is neutral. It's not good or bad. The interpretation, the thoughts, the, the mindset that you have around it, that is what creates an emotional experience. And so separating that and being aware of that for you individually, it's as if you have a GPS and it gives you a point A because then if you want to get somewhere, if you want to get to point B, you have a starting point. But with affirmations, they're just a little bit more ambiguous. Now, there's a place for them. I do love them. In fact, I went to a breathwork class last night and Jen, who I've had on the podcast, I believe she's episode 150, highly recommend that episode. She has these cards that you can read that are just beautiful affirmations. And though I feel like that, for example, is a great place to have them. But oftentimes in your life, we need something a little bit more specific to your circumstance that day in that moment. And this is where this system, I believe, is so powerful is you can take specific circumstances in your life, identify them, make it clear that it's just neutral information, and then identify the thoughts that you are having about this information in your life. Some thoughts that you have might be extreme. Some might be really simple. But regardless, instead of letting it all snowball into a pile of cluttered thoughts, whether they're positive or negative or whatever they are, I can just categorize them as thoughts and let them hang out in that category before I allow it to go further if I don't want it to. So what that means is, let's say I wake up and I weigh myself, and that's just the information I'm presented with. But then I have a thought like, ooh, I'd look better maybe 10 pounds lighter. I can stop right there and take the information and the thought, and I can categorize those things. First of all, the information is neutral. Second of all, that thought is just a thought. Do I want to keep it? Is it something that's helpful for me? Do I want to change it? I won't let it go any further and I will just see it. And if I don't want to keep it, I can send it on its way. Now, sometimes I might have a thought like that and it might feel really good. And it might be something that, that, well, that thought probably would never feel good for me personally, but there might be moments where you have a thought and you're like, you know what? I like that idea. I'm going to, I'm going to keep that. In fact, I'm going to add a little bit more deliberate energy to to that thought to make sure I keep thinking it because it feels really good for me. But that's where this system is so important because then it makes you so much more intentional with your life, with every moment of every day. And that's what creates a whole different life is by being so intentional with what you are thinking. And then the thought line leads to the feeling line because how you think leads to how you feel. How I'm thinking determines how I feel emotionally. Now, for me, because I'm examining whatever's happening for me and then categorizing it, this is often where I start. I often notice I'm feeling something before I realize what I'm thinking and before I realize what it's relative to. And so what happens is I feel an emotion and I need to organize it. I need to figure out how to manage it if it's something that I want to stay in charge of versus let it be in charge of me. So when I feel an emotion, I will pause categorize it as an emotion, and then I will question, what am I thinking that's making me feel this way? And what is this all relative to? If I'm feeling anxious, it might be because I'm thinking the house is a mess. And maybe I'm thinking that thought because there are Christmas toys on the floor. This was my experience just recently. We just had Christmas. I know I'm a few weeks ahead on the podcast, but we just had Christmas and it was magical and I loved it. It was so wonderful. And all Christmas, I just let the living room 
and our home just be Christmassy. And it had toys and wrapping paper and, and bags and tissue paper and all the things. And it was just magical. And I noticed I started to feel a little bit anxious. And I realized it's because I was thinking the house is a mess, but the house isn't really a mess. There were just toys on the floor. There was wrapping paper. A mess is an interpretation. It's not necessarily factual. What's factual is there are objects in my home. And so when I can separate that, I can examine that and say, I don't want to keep thinking this. Thinking the house is a mess makes me feel anxious. And the truth is, I'm really happy with my house right now. I'm so grateful that we were able to have this Christmas. And so that example was me organizing what I was noticing and then shifting it, changing it, putting it through the system so that I could create a more intentional experience on Christmas. And so I dropped that thought. The house is a mess. I just dropped it because it didn't feel good. Sometimes... I notice feelings and maybe it's really clear what I'm thinking and maybe it's not, but regardless, I will just spend time in the feelings without acting from them. Sometimes if feelings are really charged and really intense for me, then I can just be with them for a minute instead of letting them lead to the actions I'm going to take and how I'm going to show up in the world. Because sometimes we just need to feel them all the way through and they just burn themselves out. But again, that requires a system that requires information coming to us and we might have an emotion that we're feeling and us deciding what to do with it. And sometimes that means just being with the emotion, not trying to solve for it, not trying to change it, but just letting it kind of letting the wave roll and burn itself out. Otherwise, what can happen is we have feelings that lead to how we act. And and this is how, how the world works anyways. How we're feeling drives how we're acting and showing up in the world. We act based on how we feel. And sometimes, a lot of the time, it's incredibly useful. And you can look at how you're acting and you can examine how you're feeling and you can again use the system to determine if things need to change so I can look at what I did or didn't do in the past and I can categorize I can use the system I can categorize the action in this a line and I can say okay I did do this or I didn't follow through on what I said I was going to do and then I can work up through this system and I can see what I was thinking what I was feeling that led to it And this really helps me with making changes that I want to make. If I, like I said, if I didn't follow through on something that's important to me, I was not showing up. I was not acting in a way that I wanted to. So I could say, okay, why didn't I show up? Maybe it was because I was feeling unmotivated. And maybe I was feeling unmotivated because I thought this isn't going to make a difference. And in the awareness of that, I'm able to say, why would I choose to think a thought like this isn't going to make a difference? Because it doesn't help me do what I want to do. And so I can take that system and I can drop that thought and instead implement a new thought. And that is how we create change is is subtle single thoughts at a time. And then the final line of this system of the self-coaching model is the result line. This is what we have created as a result of our actions. So if I have gained weight, I can look at how I've been acting and what I've been feeling that's led to how I've been acting and what I've been thinking that's led to what I've been feeling. And all of that can help me create awareness around how I have created this result. Now, perhaps gaining weight could be a result that I am aiming for. In fact, that kind of is what I'm working towards right now. I am looking to gain a little bit of weight right now. And so if maybe that's not happening, if I'm not getting that result, if my result is not gaining weight, I can look at what I'm doing or not doing action-wise, how I'm feeling, and I can get really specific with what I'm thinking, and it will help reveal to me what I need to change in order to get the result that I want. All of this helps me organize my brain in a way that is simple to examine and doesn't feel overwhelming. 
because all I'm doing is looking at single thoughts relative to single points of information. I'm not trying to look at my life as a whole, but what's beautiful is looking at single thoughts at a time. It's like a system of dominoes where it's easy and clear to see and understand, but it's not overwhelming. And the more that you do it, the more it accumulates in your ability to create massive change because you're looking at something very small and very obvious. And when you're doing that one by one with multiple things over the course of a day, examining everything that comes into your mind, you're examining everything, questioning whether or not you want to keep it, and thus changing the way you think, changing the way that you feel, changing the way that you show up in the world, and thus changing the results that you create in your life. Using this model as a filter for everything that's going on in your life that you can categorize everything, it makes life a little bit more clear, a little bit less overwhelming. It's like breaking down a really complex problem to something with very simple steps toward a solution. So this system of organizing anything that happens in your life into these five categories of either circumstances, neutral information, thoughts, feelings, actions, or results, I invite you to consider adopting this type of system. And if it's not this system, I invite you to adopt another system to at least research ways of organizing your mind that might be helpful, that you can use every minute of every day, that isn't something that you learn and are inspired but then don't really adopt or you forget about. Because this is something that I have used with myself and with countless clients over the last couple of years, where it is not just something that they implement when they remember. It becomes a system that is part of who you are in order to organize your brain to give yourself power and relief from some otherwise overwhelm that can come as a result of a brain that is human. Now, it doesn't prevent humanity, it doesn't prevent negative emotion, but it just helps you be in charge of a brain. It helps you leverage what it can do in your favor. Some systems of how to organize your brain can often be just like a one-time organization that doesn't necessarily stay. It can be like throwing out the spices and putting them in alphabetical order, but then they just get out of order and messy again. And so I invite you to find a system that is how you can filter everything that happens in your life. Every moment, every moment throughout your next 24 hours, you could sit down and say, what's going on for me here? What am I feeling? What am I thinking? What am I, how am I acting? What, what's the neutral information in front of me? And everything that happens to you, you can organize. This is my system. And I hope that if you use it as well, that you can find your mind a bit more organized. That is something that I am passionate about helping people do. And that is the bulk of the work that I do with clients is helping people organize their mind and helping people organize it in a way that helps you be more of you in the world in the way that you want to be. So I invite you to consider what I've shared with you today. And if it's not this system, explore, find other systems because there are other ways of helping your brain out there. This is just one that has worked for me and I hope that if you try it, that you will see how helpful it is to have a way of organizing your mind and organizing the world as it exists in your mind. So thank you so much for listening. Happy organizing, and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. 
On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.